Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. On the eve of the men's NCAA basketball tournament, we welcome you to the program. Uh, tomorrow this time we'll be downtown live at Buzzard Billy's. Actually, it starts today with the uh, two of the local shows, the afternoon shows, both making their way there. Uh, Murph and Andy will be there from 2 until 4. Then the Fanatics, at least one of the Fanatics, one of the Fanatics is making his way to Tulsa. Uh, so Chris won't be there, but Ross will, and uh, he'll they'll be on the air today from 4 until 6. And I'll be producing that program. From here. From here. I don't get to go to Buzzard Billy's for that one, so you I don't get, get to, to go tomorrow. I do get to go to tomorrow. They're letting us leave the building for the first time uh, since we've come back here. Yes, that's good. So out and about and get to see our faces. I'll have to put in my contacts and dress up a little bit. Uh, no. <laughs> no? No? Uh, whatever you want to do. Just <laughs> excited to be down there. The teams have arrived and um, the, the building's going to be packed today as there is there's open shoot-arounds of practices. Uh, we got we got a busy show. We're going to talk to a guy who covers Ohio State. We're going to talk to a guy who covers Cincinnati. We'll do that uh, between 10.30 and 11 o'clock. Alex Halstead he covers Iowa State, but he works for 24-7 Sports and they are going to They're going to get their money out of Alex this week, Trent Condon. They're sending him to Wells Fargo today to watch the shoot-arounds and to attend the press conferences. Tomorrow, uh, they will have him on uh, Media Row as he will cover the games for 24-7 Sports and then make his way Friday morning early down to Tulsa to catch up with the Cyclones uh, as they get set to take on uh, Ohio State. So we'll do that all today. Uh, Jason Simmel inside the numbers. We'll go to Vegas. Uh, a lot of you, uh, this was on your bucket list at some point in your life. A lot of people that I've talked to over the years have crossed this one off. It is something that uh, if you're a sports fan, you really have to do it. I think it's spectacular opening weekend of the men's uh, of the tournament in, in Las Vegas. Pretty special place and books are all packed. Action everywhere. Uh, it's it's a fun place to be. But Trent, we have to start with some sad news. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you certainly knew Wolfgang way better than I ever did. You worked with him. Uh, it are in our last stop, and um, you know the the outpouring of condolences to his family, and and really grief and and heartfelt grief uh, that we've seen on Twitter uh, since the news broke. Well, you called me. I was on a call, so I was away from Twitter. I did not mm-hmm. know, and I just got off my call, and you called me instead of texting me, which I found, uh-oh, yeah. uh, what's going on? Because normally our correspondence is texting. Yeah, everybody's is nowadays, yeah, right? Yeah. Sadly, in a right. lot of ways. Uh, but that's what uh, that's where we're at. And you, you've been on Twitter, and well, no, I've been, I've been on the phone. Um, well, and then you broke the news to me, and I mean, it was shocking. Um, so, so tell me about him, because I, I didn't know him, Trent. I really, I passed him, I've, I've had lunch with him a couple of times, mm-hmm. Uh, I know that he did four to six. You and I would do eleven to one. Yep. And then Brinson and yourself would do one to two, and you'd come back and do four to six. How many months was it? Basically, football season. Or? Yeah, yeah. We started that in October, I think it was, mm-hmm. if if my memory serves. And yeah, we were kind of as I'd been talking up the dial for years. Mm-hmm. Let's do this all sports again. Mm-hmm. Let's let's do this all sports and get that going. Finally, 
uh, got through, got passed uh, up the chain, and and that's where we were. Well, they were looking for, all right, how are we going to kind of configure this? We don't want to do an hour of a national program. That's kind of silly. Right. That just doesn't quite work. Jim Rome said, no, you take the whole show, you take none of it. Right. So they said, how about this? Ken and you jump up an hour instead of noon to two, go to 11 to one. Mm-hmm. And I still had Jimmy B, who, difficult to count on. Well, I've been doing (laughs) weekly hits with Wolfgang, and we love talking basketball, especially Iowa basketball. So was was that his love? Was basketball over football? Basketball was his love? Yeah, and and he was a guy that he loved to talk Iowa basketball, I'm talking. Yeah, well, and he loved the NBA. Oh, did he? Yep, so he'd want to try to bring that up from time to time. He loved the arguments, Michael Jordan versus LeBron. He was a LeBron guy, even though he's a guy, you know, in his 40s. Most people were MJ people. Yeah, he was a LeBron guy. Right. He, he was an early LeBron guy. So we'd go back and forth with that. But it was basketball and really Iowa basketball that we really connected. And during the summertime... Because that's your love. Yes. When, when content can be difficult, local content, one of my favorite things to do, and we do it usually a couple times during the summer, is break down how is Freya McCaffrey going to figure out the minutes with the deep roster. Mm. And, and something we've talked about the last a lot the last couple of years and we'd go through, and we'd argue, and we'd go back and forth, and how are you giving this guy 12 minutes? He should be getting 20. And, and those those conversations, those arguments, they were just so much fun. And, and he was he was a fun guy to be on the air with. Mm-hmm. He was upbeat. He was energetic. A little goofy at times. All different. Yeah, so I know the goofy side. Yeah, of yeah. yeah. It, and it was just, it was something different. It was really, though I'm also a fan, and everybody really in this walk of life, is a fan at some degree. Yeah. You have to be. Right. You have to enjoy sports. Mm-hmm. You can't do this if you don't love watching sports no and, question. and talking about sports. And he absolutely had that. So got the news yesterday, just absolutely devastated. You know, his girlfriend Tiff, always when we'd have live so shows. So he wasn't married. I assume that was his wife. Yeah. Okay. And uh, she'd always, she'd come out every time. We'd be out and about. We'd yeah. be at G-Megs doing before the Hawkeye huddle. And she'd always be there supporting him. They'd go back when he did the podcast for John Miller. You'd hear him talking to Tiff in the background. Mm. And the one thing, though, always with him is, is we'd finish up. And, and even when we were just doing you know, a weekly hit, and he'd say, hey, was that good? Really? Yeah, Wolfgang, that was good. And, and he, was, he was his own worst critic. He always wanted to make sure everything was good. How did that sound? We'd finish a segment. How, does that, how, how was that? He always had that. And he would go back and he would listen. And that's important. Going back and listen, I do that a lot in my play-by-play broadcast because to get better, to grow as a broadcaster, mm-hmm. whatever walk it is, you have to. And it's uncomfortable. I, I'm mm-hmm. sure the first time you went back and listened Never to Never done it. You haven't. Never done it. It's never uncomfortable. Listen, never listened to a race. Oh, yeah. That's not true. I've heard races that I've called, but I've never purposely, never listened to myself. It's, it's not a great thing. I, I, I don't like to do it, but mm-hmm. I, I know it's important to do that, to mm-hmm. grow, to build... And when you Maybe do, that's where I went wrong. <laughs> he was a guy that would do it nightly, would go back. Oh, I wish. And then he'd come back and he'd say, oh, I wish we would have hit this. Or I wish I would have went this avenue instead. Like, that's all right. We'll get another crack at it today. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, he won't get another crack mm-hmm. at it. But a great person, really a fun person to be with and a great Hawkeye fan, too. And uh, I'm was certainly going to miss Wolfgang. He, here's here's what I, my, one of my takeaways, and I certainly appreciate that. And I appreciate that with you because I know you're a Hawkeye fan. Mm-hmm. Um, it's impossible to work in this market for the most part. I, I'm a transplant, mm-hmm. so I don't have the ties. But it's impossible, or for the next to impossible, to find somebody that doesn't have a tie. Yes. Right? Yeah. And um, if you don't wear it on your sleeve and if you can actually criticize the the 
your tie. Uh, I appreciate that. So how did he do with Iowa State? Uh, fair? He was fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was like, that's what I got on Twitter from listening yeah. to Cyclone fan. Not listening, reading on social media. Mm-hmm. That was their takeaway too. Was yeah, he's a hawk, but he was fair. Yeah, and he he would get very frustrated with Iowa the way that they did things. Mm-hmm. Looked at Iowa State, and that's the same thing. You know, I told you when I, I moved here now, twelve, thirteen years ago. A, I wasn't used to this environment with all the Iowa State fans around, and. Mm-hmm. I, I have the same kind of thing, but that was a big thing with Wolfgang as you look at Hilton. That was the biggest thing for him. He hates Carver. He, <laughs> it just Car- Carver in general. There's really no comparison between the two environments, the, is there? The old ladies knitting in front yeah. of him, people telling him to sit down right. when he's trying to get the crowd into it and standing up and cheering. He always, and then he'd go to Hilton, and Tiff had connections to Oklahoma. So they'd always go up there, they'd find good tickets. I know one time they got to go to Johnny's and, and get really good seats. Mm, and Nice. And he'd, he'd be in that environment, and then he'd come back and he'd start complaining about Carver again. <laughs> and he'd get mad about Kinnick, and as great as Kinnick was, it could be even better. He was that kind of fan. Boy, Kinnick's pretty special. It's a great place. It really is. It's a great place. And uh, he wanted everything to just be even that next step, to take that next step in whatever walk of life mm-hmm. it was. So, And what, really would he do? what would he do after he got off the air? Any idea? I mean, you said he would watch sports. He was... Yeah. Uh, he would go home, so he was prepared when he came into work, obviously. And his DVR would be packed with games. Uh-huh. And we'd be much games like, oh, I got that on DVR. I got to go back and watch that tonight. Mm-hmm. And he would. And he'd go back and he'd watch the games. And he was a guy that wouldn't just watch an Iowa, or Iowa State game once. He'd watch it two, three really? times. Really? Wow. That kind of person, that kind of dedication. And, and I was just so happy that... You know, we were able to kind of work to bring him on and give him the shot. He wanted that for a long time, Trent. He did. He yeah. did. Starting with John Miller here, way well, back. Well, that's in where the day. I first heard him, and I've and I've said many times, um, I don't listen to sports talk radio. Yeah, I form my opinions on sports talk talent or segments by reading about them and getting getting a consensus. It, with, for what, with one exception, when I would drive in because I, we were on the air starting at four, and John was on two to four, and I think it was Thursdays. I would purposely, I think it was the only segment I listened to, yeah. would be Wolfgang and John. And the reason I did it, well, a couple of things. It was good. It was funny. And I thought, oh, my God, this guy's going right on the edge. <laughs> John, you better be careful here. Yeah. Now, little did we know there was a guy that I would be working with that would you know, cause the FCC <laughs> sure. violations. But I thought for the longest time that Wolfgang was going to be <laughs> you know, uh, asked to tone it down just a little bit. But it was, it was very compelling. It was witty. It was funny. And I could see why. So that was my first exposure. And I don't know the years, 2006, 5, 7. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he kind of... Did he disappear after that as far as radio? Because I don't, I, we certainly never had him on. No. And I don't remember. Did John and Dace have him on when they went to mornings after the incident? Well, I'm not positive on that. I was talking to Ross Peterson here this morning, mm-hmm. and Ross mentioned that him and Travis a few times had, I thought they had him on in the morning a couple of times. Okay. But yeah, for the most part, just wasn't around. And we reconnected. So how did you guys reconnect? Because I, I would come in to. Um, you know, we go on the air at eleven, mm-hmm. and you would be taping a segment with before you and him started full time. Yeah, yep. You would a lot of times have to take the segment or mm-hmm. tape the segment, um, and I would hear him. So, how did that come about? Because Brinson was never a part of it when you. Right. It was always you and Wolfgang, and then Jimmy B would reconnect. So, how did right. that come about? Uh it's a good question. He did a Saturday morning show for a little while mm-hmm. over over up the dial, and so we started talking, and I, I would help him out, and he'd come in and. Hey, uh, and he ran the board himself, he did, which yeah. blew me away that he was able to pick that, that up. Yep, I, I taught him how to do that, so we kind of connected that way, and 
like talking with this guy. Mm-hmm. This, this guy's good, and just hey, let's have you on. Mm-hmm. Let's have you on a little bit more, and that's that's how it built from there. So it's uh, it was a difficult one. It, yeah. it was a shocker yesterday. I when feel bad for the, the people at Cumulus, Trent. I, yeah. I do because I mean he's in the building every day, and I mm-hmm. I saw a lot of uh, social media from people that we used to you know share that office with, and yep. it, it hit them very hard, and un- understandably so. Understandably, so. I feel awful for the truck driver. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, and maybe there's more to the story that's going to come out, and we don't have that officially yet, so I will not go down that road. Right. But I will say it this way, that the truck driver, um, I feel terrible. Yeah, absolutely. Tough way and uh, certainly tough circumstances yep. overall. And, well, let's see. Maybe the Hawks can win a game for them coming up on Friday. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't yeah. that be nice? Hey, just real quick on this, um, because it's a media personality and um, – um, Mark Emmert, who covers the Hawkeyes, is in. I mean, he blew a three point two three and was Oof. arrested for DUI. I guess last uh, Tuesday night in uh, in Iowa City. Trent, Trent, you know how much you have to drink to get to three point two three. And I know that they recalibrated once he got back, and later on he he still blew a two point two zero legal uh, limit is point zero eight. Um, that that's awful. It, I mean, is. good God, yeah. what what is this guy think? And and who was who would? I'm not blaming. Yeah, you kind of are. I mean, there there's dram laws, right? Or dram shop is that what it's called? Where, um, I think that's the insurance bars have to purchase. Oh, okay, if they continue to serve, I mean, you, I I would find it hard to believe that if somebody is that drunk that they can hide it and a bar, and, and maybe he was at home. And I hope well, I don't hope. There's no there's no good way out of this story other than the fact that maybe a bar wasn't involved. Mm-hmm. But um, that's terrible. I mean, come on. That, that is that's a problem. Three point two three. A lot of drinks. That 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 is that's rough. And I know that's something that you I give you crap all the time for just sitting in your basement and that's One of the reasons you scares you to death. Absolutely does. Yeah, it's, just for this very reason. I yeah. mean, he's a public figure. This is going to be, and the register's got a little piece. I'm sure it's online. It's <laughs> in my newspaper here today. Um, but my good God, 3.23. That's a lot. That's a lot, Trent. I mean, I, I don't know if there's different thresholds for punishment. You know, if you blow mm-hmm. a, a 1.0 and the legal limit is .08, are you, do you get X? But if you're this inebriated... That's brutal. Okay, let's get into sports. All um, right, let's do that. Absolutely. So I don't know about you. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch a lot of the first game. I'm assuming you did because you, after all, had an investment. <laughs> the NIT was very good last night. Was it? Oh, the NIT was good. NIT was so good. So the play-ins potentially weren't real good. Is that what you're saying? Well, I told you my, my plan always is Prairie to... View A&M Prairie View A&M was your money line. And, and I was looking great. You were. I was very happy. Yep. Plus 125. Here we go. We're off to a positive start, and of course that fell apart. I do got a quick story for you. So I flip on the game, and uh, Ella, and that crew, by the way, that did the, those yes. games will be here. In fact, they're here now, as they said they were flying out right after the game. So anyway, so flip on the TV, and Ella, my daughter, she looks up at the TV for a good twenty seconds, just looking, and she kind of has her head tilted, a quizzical look at, and she finally turns back to me and she goes, <laughs> "Daddy, that's Jimmy B." Huh. Kevin Harlan, she thought was Jimmy oh, P. The voices were the same, so of course I had to text Brinson that, and uh, the yuck, yucks were coming back from him. So that that was her. Uh, she's very very confused about Kevin Harlan, but watched a a little bit of because of the voice. You mean? Yes, it was the voice. Yes. Yeah, the voice. I get it now. Yes, I the, thought he was. She was looking at. Kevin no, no, Harlan. it was the booming voice yes. that, that did it. The game was going on. Okay, and that's Jimmy B. 
It's not Jimmy V. No, but I can get that. She's yeah. four after all. Right. And yeah, Harlan's got a very deep voice, and of course, Brinson puts it on, and um, <laughs> he does. He does in his own right. There, I saw a lot of people talking though about the guards in that game. And in the first game. In the first game. Okay. And if they can get those kind of guards at Prairie View. Yeah, no, I know where you're going. <laughs> How come they uh-huh. can't get kind of guards like that? Easy, Gary Dolphin. But there was a lot of that conversation yeah, last night. I can understand that. Guy is off the bounce. Now, Iowa's got that kind of kid coming in next year, and Joe mm-hmm. Toussaint. Mm-hmm. He is a on-the-ball defender. From the East Coast, right? Yeah, New York City kid. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what's going to come in. But there's no guarantee that that automatically makes you good. Right. There's been plenty that have gone back the other way. But I did get a kick out of that last night. Belmont, fun game. It was a really fun game. Temple the comes stories. roaring back. Rick Bird. First ever Dunfrey. win in the tournament. That was huge. And, yeah. you know, just the emotions that he showed when he... Uh, they they made a big deal out of that. To, to get an at-large out of the Ohio Valley, for yep. crying out loud, um, that that's just massive and um, fun game. And and the, their best player, Windler, who averaged 20-plus mm-hmm. during the regular season. And what did I heard last night on the telecast? One of four guys to average 20-plus, I think, this year uh, in, wow. in basketball. Yes, not a ton. Uh, four guys to average 20-plus, and um, Windler was held to, what was it, five? Last mm-hmm. I looked, uh, let me get the box score. Five points. 20-point a night guy. Average, he got five. Now they get Maryland. A lot of people are picking Belmont to continue. I'm not. I'm not either. I did make a change. Oh, I did too. Did, what was your change? I made a major change. Oh, you did? I'm off of Duke. <laughs> I, I'm, no, I'm Ooh. off of it. I'm, I'm, I'm done with okay. the Dukies. So, so what, what precipitated that? Uh, you just a, can't bet chalk? You know, my, my, I, I don't like doing chalk. Of course you don't. Nobody does. You shouldn't. And but that's Duke we're talking. Now, I don't have. They can't shoot, and I, I've talked about this throughout this year. Yeah, Ken, we've, we've had this conversation. Shoot. Barrett can shoot. They can't shoot thirty percent as a team. Yeah, over six games. Now the first game's not going to be over five games. Yeah, but Zion doesn't have to shoot it very far. <laughs> doesn't that's true? I, number one seed, the number one overall seed, is I think only won it twice in the last seventeen years. I don't want to go down with chalk. If I'm okay. going to go down, I'm going to go down swinging. So, so, so who were your ones? Who were your final four? Remind us of your final four prior to your change. It was Duke, yeah, Texas Tech, yep, Virginia, yep, and Kentucky. And Kentucky. So, I'm assuming you took one of the other three to cut down the net that you didn't wholeheartedly change. I went with Michigan State in the Elite Eight over Duke. Okay, that was that change. You didn't have Michigan State cutting down the nets, do you? No. I haven't given you the championship. So you've got either Kentucky or Virginia. You probably took Kentucky. I'm hoping you took Virginia. UVA. That a boy. Cutting down the nets. The storyline that you talked story about. The story trend. Yes. We'll never see it again in our lifetime no, if this thing gets no. pulled off. Never. Not at all. So I went through a few different changes, other tweaks in there overall. I still like Northeastern. I still like UC Irvine. Those are still I my two Northeastern, upset yeah. picks. Yeah. And uh, something we're going to get to to kick off our number two, mm-hmm. I got a bunch of props I'm going to throw at you. Okay. But number two seeds. Yeah. What, what was the number that you said before we came 20 on? 20 of the last 21 years, there have all four two seeds have not made it to the Sweet 16. So who is bounced? So who's the two seed that's going to be bounced this week? That's, that's tough. We've seen 15s pull the upset before. Mm-hmm. Hampton. Mm-hmm. The first ever with Richmond over Syracuse. Right. Steve Merrifield. Getting held up, Santa Clara beating Arizona, and what? Oh, South Carolina got beat by. I don't remember. Coppin State. Fang Mitchell. Okay, my man. Yeah, 
I love Fang Mitchell. What a name, Fang. <laughs> so uh, it can happen there, but then, of course, the biggest one. And I listed all the 7s or 10s beating 2s over the last since the tournament expanded to uh, 64 teams back in 85. So there's some fun ones in there, too. Providence, that was one of my favorites. Austin Crozier beating Duke, as I always dislike Duke. So that's a good one. We've seen plenty of those throughout the years. Hey, maybe it is Iowa. Can they do it? Well, I hope they do, and I hope they do for uh, Wolfgang's sake. Yeah. Um, my my changes were there's no Dean Wade; he's not going to play in the whole tournament. Right. So I and revamped there, but I also did when it comes to Iowa State. I now have them getting to the Sweet Sixteen. There you go. I'm going to advance them. Coming along. Yeah, why wouldn't I? Right. I, the reason I didn't is they can't continue if they have a bad shooting day. Look, the three games in three days took a toll, obviously, as it did with Kansas on Saturday, but they get the day off. I'm going to advance them past Houston, and and Kentucky will knock them out. So those are the two changes I made in my bracket. All right, what's coming up first? We're going to talk whom first? We're going to talk with Kevin Noon. He covers the Buckeyes for the rival site of the Ohio State, BuckeyeGrove.com. Right. Deep By the way, the speak, speaking of the Buckeyes, uh, free agencies come to college sports? Fields instantly eligible? Tate Marcel. Instantly eligible? Here it comes. It's coming, right? It is. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to get to do it every year, but the, and here's my takeaway on this. The NCAA, they hold, they are going to man the fort when it comes to playing. The last thing they're going to do Mm -hmm. is agree to pay the players. Right. The last thing. But what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to throw them a few nuggets, throw them a few crumbs. Well, they now can, you can now eat whatever you want whenever you want. Yes. Right? Now this is this is actually a needle mover. This this actually is something that will go a long way to placating a lot of people and perhaps that last bastion of keeping it amateur and not paying the players. Maybe this kind of it doesn't balance the scales by any means, but maybe this makes it a little bit easier. That's my take. So we'll do that with Ohio State as well. So Ohio State conversation next. Cincinnati, the Bearcats conversation about 1045. Alex Halstead uh, is going to be busy at Wells Fargo. We'll talk to him this morning. Uh, Jason Simmel inside the numbers. Trent and I until noon. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station 1460. Keep up with KXNO on Twitter and Facebook. Go to KXNO.com to learn more. From 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. If you haven't already done so, reminder to get to KXNO.com. Sign up. Your opportunity to, well, a perfect bracket wins you a million dollars. That'll never happen. But there are local prizes uh, for local winners. It's free to play, but you must do it by 11.15 local time tomorrow as the NCAA, as, as the NCAA tournament. I guess officially it started last night. But it, it started in Dayton. In Dayton. But, you, but the Thursday The bracket of, of 64. Week actually starts in downtown Des Moines. Kevin Noon's going to see one of those 64 teams. He's going to see a couple of them. He covers Ohio State for Buckeye, BuckeyeGrove.com, part of the Rivals Network. He's driving to Tulsa to catch up with the Buckeyes to see the Buckeyes and the Cyclones Friday night at 8.50. Kevin, along with Trent Condon, my name's Ken Miller. Thanks for coming on. Kevin, how are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. How long of a drive is it from Columbus to Tulsa? 12 curse filled hours. <laughs> oh, yikes. <laughs> oh, oh. So, made the decision what? N- flights, I'm sure, were crazy expensive. I- I'm sure that's Had a part of it. Definitely. And what? You don't want to hang out for a weekend in Tulsa? What's, what's wrong with that? 
No, I mean, you know, I, I'm sure Tulsa's fine. I've been there <laughs> once for work before, but it, it is really a bear to have to, uh, you know, change hotels and flights and everything else. And Ohio State is an underdog in this game. Yep. While, you know, while upsides do happen, I, I, you know, there's no reason to, to get stuck in the city if, if, if the team that you cover gets uh, bounces, especially because Ohio State is a football school. And I need to get back to spring practice. <laughs> I understand very well. Uh, I do have a football question I want to get to uh, before we let, let you go here. But, you know, I want to go back to Iowa and Ohio State when they played. And uh, Arns, who yeah, he, he went for 29 points against Iowa. I think he was averaging like three points or two points going into that game. Seven of 11, a nine of nine from the free throw line, six of 10 from three. He couldn't miss. Um, has he come back down to earth after that performance? We know Caleb Weston's terrific. Woods, obviously, a nice player. Jackson is very critical to this team. But it was Arns on that winter night that just killed the Hawkeyes. What's he done since that game? Not a whole lot. I mean, they haven't played uh, Justin Arns a lot of minutes, and he really has not been a, a huge factor. Uh, Ohio State ended up going on that three-game losing streak with Caleb Weston uh, on the bench with the uh, suspension. And then Ohio State had the critical game against uh, Indiana in the Big Ten tournament. And he, he uh, made a, a short appearance against Michigan State, but, I mean, he really has not done anything since that Iowa game. You're number two for Chris Holtman, back-to-back NCAA tournaments, and doing it without his guys, not a full compliment. I know they got a great recruiting class coming in, and, and I do want to talk to you about DJ Carton here in a moment, but it seems like the early returns of Chris Holtman certainly appear to be well ahead of schedule. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, last year was just a, a crazy year with Ohio State being a five seed and and being finishing second in the in the Big Ten and really being in the race until the very end. This year, Ohio State comes out on fire. They're the, the inaugural number one team in the net rankings. Uh, you know that that obviously did not uh, maintain. But for the for the Buckeyes to get into the tournament this year losing what they did from the year prior and really not having the opportunity for Chris Holtman to reshape the roster into what it is that he'd like to have. I think that this, you know, this coaching job for this year is going to go down in the record book a lot more favorable even in his debut year. You know, uh, Kevin, I, I know they've lost two out of the last three, but I think you have to take a closer look at those. We go back to the final day of the regular season, uh, spirited comeback to, to tie Wisconsin and send the game to overtime where they would fall. Nice win over Indiana. And you know what? I thought that they played Michigan State pretty well in Chicago last weekend. So, yeah, they've lost two out of their last... Uh, I mean, I'm not focusing on Northwestern. That one is a head-scratcher. But their last three games... Two of them losses, but if you take a closer look in those games, they haven't played poorly from what I've seen. Right, and if you look at all three Michigan State games, Ohio State played Michigan State well for good stretches of all three of those games and just could not could not finish or for whatever reason. And then that Wisconsin game was kind of inexplicable how they fell down 21 in it. And then they, I mean, they came back, they forced a turnover, had a, had a look to win at the end of regulation. The shots uh, obviously did not go down, and they just really didn't have anything left in the bucket for uh, for overtime. But it, it's not a, it's not a bad team. It is an inconsistent team right. where you just really don't know which team is going to show up. And I you know I think that Chris Holtman would be the first one to admit that he doesn't know which team is going to show up from game to from game to game. Talking right now with Kevin Noon from BuckeyeGrove.com as we break down Ohio State, Iowa State, coming up Friday in Tulsa. Kevin, uh, with that, I did want to get your perspective going forward. And 
I mentioned DJ Carton, a guy that a lot of people here in the state very disappointed is going to be leaving our state. But it's not just Carton coming in next year. Also, another uh, top 50 player in Gaffney, Lydell. Really, really good recruiting class. But your thoughts on DJ Carton? Many people thought if he was leaving the state, it'd be for Michigan, not Ohio State. How excited is Holtman and company to bring him in next year? Oh, they're very excited. I mean, I, they've really been lacking a point guard. and I mean, they're going to have D.J. Carton as, as a true freshman. They'll also have Florida State transfer C.J. Walker coming off of his uh, his his year out as he's gone through the transfer process. But, I mean, D.J. Carton's capable of doing so many things. We, I mean, they're not going to rush him along too quick, but, I mean, the Buckeyes definitely are going to need uh, contributions out of, the, out of these three young guys along with the class that's two freshmen this year as well. Uh, but Carton was very much a steal, and I know that when I talked to Michigan fans and Iowa fans and even Illinois fans, they all felt you know that they were going to be there in the mix, only you know only to come up short. So I mean, it's shown that uh, that Chris Holtman has been able to do a great job on the recruiting trail, and you know that's really how he's going to be able to put his mark on this team by redefining the roster. Kevin Noon, BuckeyeGrove.com, part of the Rivals Network. Uh, what does Holtman and company, what have they said about Iowa State? Have you had an opportunity to listen into any of the press conferences, and, and, and how do they see Friday's opponent? Well, we only really got to speak to him on Selection Sunday. You know, it's a lot of hemming and hawing. And sure. Oh, you know, everybody's a great team, but, I mean, they did make note of that it is a, that the, the Cyclones are a great offensive team, and you know, that they're you know they've got some great scores, especially the transfer from UVA, yep. and that it's going to be it's going to be a, a challenging game. Want to give up any ground either? And said, you know, we're going to come out there, we're going to we're going to play to win. But you know, I think that they've got you know got most respect for Iowa State just based on what they were able to do, especially in that three game run in the Big Twelve tournament to be able to knock off the teams that they did and, and in such convincing fashion. You know, we know that uh, that Iowa State fans are going to make their way to Tulsa. It's about a six-hour drive, so it's double from Columbus or uh, that part of uh, Ohio. What, what, what will the uh, Buckeyes, will they turn out Buckeye fans uh, in Tulsa for this opening round? I mean, there'll be some, but I would not expect to see a huge uh, Ohio State contingent. Uh, if Ohio State were maybe the, uh, the higher-ranked team, mm-hmm. I think you might see a little bit more, but I think that there's kind of a wait-and-see point with Ohio State fans. I mean, they, they do travel pretty well, but you know, generally for football, basketball, I'm sure. sure we'll put some people in seats or whatnot. But with you know, Ohio State being a 6-7 point underdog, whatever it may be, I, I just don't know if I'm going to expect to see a lot of people making the trip uh, to Oklahoma. Is it fair to say that this team goes as Caleb Weston goes? I mean, he's such a he's such a, uh, a big player in the paint, 6'9", 270, such a load, such a tough guard. Um, if Weston gets his, is Ohio State in this game? And if he doesn't, does it probably not bode well for them? Absolutely. Ohio State has to have Caleb Weston out there. I mean, they do sometimes go and play a smaller lineup, but it's a lot better when that's by the decision of Chris Holtman rather than by the decision of right. of either a suspension or by the officials yep. and picking up foul trouble. But, I mean, they are such a different team with Caleb Wesson out there, and it just allows other players to be able to fill different roles. Uh, and they've, they've got to keep them out there. They've got to keep them out of foul trouble. They need to be able to run the offense through him. And if they're able to do that and he's able to get his, and you know, Ohio State has to be able to get off to a quick start. They've been a notoriously slow starting team this year. If by the under eight timeout in, in, the, in the first half, if they're shooting, they're shooting in the low forty percent. We're you know, buckle up. We're going to be in for a good ride. If Ohio State goes out and misses its first twelve field field goal attempts, like they've done before multiple times, 
time. It just wants to get away quickly. Expe- expectations certainly going to be huge for, on the football side of things, Ryan Day in year number one. Losing a Bosa, though he wasn't officially part of things as the season progressed, and of course, trying to replace a quarterback this season. Ryan Day, expectations a year number one, playoff or bust? Hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's Ohio State. Okay. They're, they're, with, they're, they're with you as long as you're winning, and I think that expectations are going to be to win the Big Ten. And you get back into the college football playoff, Ohio State's won the Big Ten the last two years and been left out, and it is definitely college football playoff or bust regardless of who you're bringing back and who you're having to replace. I mean, fortunately for Ohio State, they're bringing back a lot on defense. Offense is going to be a little bit of a retooling project, but they've got an offensive-minded coach there. They got a, they brought somebody in from the Big 12 out of Oklahoma State with Mike Jurisic to help uh, mm-hmm. to help with the uh, offense as well. Uh, last thing for you, Kevin, we appreciate you coming on as you uh, make your way to Tulsa. You know, football free agency, it seems like we're on the cusp of that. It really does. And, and Ohio State kind of right in the middle uh, of the focal point of this. You get a quarterback immediately eligible in fields. You lose a quarterback who's now immediately eligible in Martell. It seems like, you know, we're getting closer to maybe not full-blown free agency where you could move year after year. But the NCAA is certainly making it easier to avoid that uh, one-year uh, mandatory sit-out period. Yeah, I, I, I would pretty much say that it's not a waiver anymore. I just think it's an application process of waiting for them to just sit there and say yes. Uh, I really think that they're going to have to revisit maybe how they're going to handle transfers, whether it's just allowing everybody that one-time transfer or what's going to be there. But really, when we learned last year that they were loosening up some of the transfer rate, uh, restrictions and regulations, we kind of saw that that might lead to what we're at now, and I don't know if that's necessarily the best thing for the sport, but you know, hopefully there are people far smarter than me that are trying to solve it, because I don't know if I have the answer. Kevin, one more thing. What was it like to cover the whole Urban Meyer, his final year, You know, especially the way it started, etc., with his wife's involvement and everything that went down? What was that like to cover uh, Ohio State and Urban Meyer's final year? I mean, it was, it was very odd. I mean, I was there through Jim Pressel era at Ohio State and his, his removal as well, but the Urban Meyer final year, uh, I mean, I was standing within 10 feet, maybe even less of Brett McMurphy when he asked the question at Big Ten Media Day. I was there that too, yeah. really kind of sparked everything yep. and it, it just, it was very surreal. It's going to be something that I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to forget at any time soon just because of how unique it was and just the highs and the lows and everything else and, and, and a fan base that just seemed to be in complete... Uh, just denial. They didn't know what was going on. <laughs> Indeed. Kevin, listen, thank you for uh, giving us a few minutes. We appreciate it. Thanks, Kevin. We'll do this again. Absolutely. Good to talk to you. Kevin Noon, BuckeyeGrove.com, part of the Rivals Network. Um, Caleb Wesson, you're not telling anybody anything no. they don't know. Hey, you mentioned team. how big he is inside, but oh, he can Trent. shoot it. Yeah, he's, you're right. That's a good point. He's, he's more than just get the ball down low and dunk. If, if you're laying off him, mm-hmm. he's going to hit a triple right in your face. Mm-hmm. He's a really good player, but... First time Iowa played him, got him in foul trouble. He was a non-factor. Huge key. Huge key. Second game, he was not in foul trouble. He was a factor. Yeah. Now, Arns was the bigger factor. Well, he's over 29, and he hasn't done anything since. Trent, he, he, I think I remember the show the next day after that, and uh-huh. I remember coming in and saying, Trent, he'd shot three free throws all year. After that, zero, three, nine, zero, zero. And, and how many minutes? Mm. 20, 23, 21 against Indiana, 8, 
Against Michigan State. Uh, it was unbelievable. <laughs> we had it going on that night. Uh, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back. We're going to look at Cincinnati next. Cincinnati and Ohio, Iowa State in Tulsa. We'll do that. Uh, Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hey, it's Heather from the Morning Rush. Join us tomorrow at 6 a.m. from your home or office with Alexa. Just say, Alexa, play 1460 KXNO on iHeartRadio. Hey, guys. Trek Cotton here once again for New Leaf Wellness. Want to tell you what's going on here during the month of March. If you've been thinking about it, the time is now to hop aboard with New Leaf Wellness helping you get in better shape. Going on right now, the free food sensitivity test with hormone testing for new clients. If your weight's an issue, this is what you're going to want to do. Testosterone treatment helping you energy throughout the day. As we age, guys, we lose testosterone. New Leaf Wellness can help you out with that. They can help you out with a myriad of different things, including, how about this? Biowax, get another wax free. NewLeafCenters.com is where you can go for more information or just give them a call. Set up your free, no obligation consultation at 650-1358. 515-650-1358 for New Leaf Wellness. And don't forget to tell them. In Hawaii. Hawkeyes, Cyclones, Panthers, and Bulldogs. Yeah, we got that covered. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. As we continue on, it's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Well, we know Iowa State's opponent. We've taken care of Ohio State. Let's take a look at the Hawks' opponent, Cincinnati, as we... uh, uh, pick Scott Springer's brain. Cincinnati Inquirer, Cincinnati.com is where you can read them. Scott, along with Trent Condon, my name's Ken Miller. Thanks for coming on. How are you? Can you hear me, Scott? There you go. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. I'm ready for some basketball like, like the rest of America here. Indeed, indeed. Well, it starts in downtown Des Moines tomorrow morning, and then Friday morning the tournament restarts again with an early game. Uh, we'll feature Cincinnati and Iowa. Um, a lot said about Cincinnati getting a seventh, particularly after they picked off Houston on Sunday. In in your opinion, consensus-wise, were they underseeded a little bit? Are they better than a seven seed, Scott? Oh, personal opinion, absolutely. I mean, just... If you if you're just going by ratings or rankings, and UC was twenty uh, third thereabouts, so theoretically you're a six seed going into your tournament. You win three straight games, win your tournament, defeat uh, the number eleven team Houston, and then you wind up as, as a seven seed. So uh, as Jay Billis was quoted saying, he thought the hay was in the barn. I have to agree with him. Yeah, and, me too. Uh, I think I think the tournament committee maybe said, "Well, uh, you got a seven seed, but we'll we'll let you go off the road." Yeah, I thought felt the same way for Michigan yep. State. Truth be told, that Sunday's games really didn't matter. I mean, even Auburn, they win their tournament; they're five. So, regardless, go ahead, Trent. Sorry, no problem. Cincinnati is a team that, when you look at them, I think everything starts with Jerron Cumberland. And the few times that I've watched the Bearcats this season, offensively at times they they can go into funks, but Cumberland. How do you slow this guy down? A guy that shot it well from the three-point line is really good off the bounce. When he decides he, he wants to win, he's really, really tough mm. to, to slow down. And, and a lot of times it depends on how the game is officiated. If the referees allow him to uh, get into the lane and draw contact and get to the free-throw line, he, he's really tough. If he's not getting the calls, and there's plenty of video that shows him just literally he takes more body shots than Stallone in any of the Rocky movies. <laughs> and, uh, it, he, if he doesn't get the calls and doesn't get to the line, 
uh, it, it makes the game difficult, and then the Bearcats have to rely on other guys scoring. And sometimes that's been there, and sometimes it's not. Uh, Keith Williams is your next best scorer, a little bit over 10 points a game. But um, sometimes he's had an off night, and if, if other guys have an off night shooting, it, it can make for a long night for the Bearcats. Mm. Yeah, I, the two guards, uh, I think most people will will find them very quickly. And then Brooks was the other guy. But I'm starting to come around on this Trey Scott. Is, you know, Brooks is a nice player. He's obviously 6'11", uh, big, long, big wingspan. Is Trey Scott maybe an underrated member of this basketball team? Everybody's eyes gravitate to Cumberland, then maybe Williams, then Brooks. But Trey Scott might not be as appreciated as as he deserves to be. How about that? Well, I think he's really come on late, and Mick Cronin talks about developing his players. You know, you, you can't get a lot of one-and-dones in Cincinnati. You have to get them and develop them, and, and he's a guy that redshirted and was a role player for two seasons. And uh, this season he started, he had some games, but here recently he's been pretty consistent attacking the boards and uh, and scoring, and he, he's he's improved the scoring quite a bit. You know, he's a 6'8", uh, you know, long wingspan guy, and uh, – uh, drives to the hole pretty good, and uh, when he hits his free throws, he's pretty good. And when he gets his rebounds, he's pretty good, just like anybody else. Sure. So, uh, it, uh, the key to Cincinnati is rebounding. Uh, if they out-rebound you, they tend to win. And particularly on the offensive glass, right? They're very good offensive re- second-chance team? Yeah, and they had a really good game against Houston, and Houston is a team that that's their calling card. They they send so many guys to the boards. They're not particularly tall, but they really attack the offensive glass. Uh, the the championship game the other day was the first game that Cincinnati had out rebounded the Cougars, and that 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 proved to be the uh, you know the thing that pushed them over. But certainly, um, yeah, offensive rebounding is is really pushed in, in practice and, and everything. Defensive rebounding. Um, that's kind of their their mo, and uh, some days they look sluggish offensively. But I think the thinking is that if if they hold you below sixty and can get a few more, that they come out ahead. Not a great shooting team. I was employed a lot of uh, zone defense throughout the year, kind of a, this hybrid three two defense they've been throwing out there. Big Ten teams figured out as the year went on. If it's not Cumberland, who's going to have to make shots for the Bearcats? Well. Uh, He's the better three-point shooter, but Justin Jennifer has improved his shot uh, quite a bit. The senior guard, uh, left-handed uh, point guard, about six feet tall. And when he's hitting, you know, again, any anybody else hitting offsets Cumberland a little bit, and that frees him up. Uh, Keith Williams can hit a little bit from the outside. Uh, Kane Broom is your guy off the bench that comes in, and he's hit uh, a lot of very big shots for Cincinnati o- over the season. And uh, he's just kind of a, a, a gamer, you know. Um, you know, come game time, he, he he wants the ball, and he's pretty confident with the ball late in the game. So the, those are your bigger threats from the outside. You mentioned Scott; he started to shoot a little bit more from the arc uh, as the season has progressed. So if, if that increases in his game, that's only going to help him. At uh, you know, Cincinnati last year had a big dude Gary Clark that is with the Houston Rockets and. For three years, he just was a pounder inside, and suddenly by his senior year, he had a three-point shot, and he's in the NBA. Hmm. Scott, a lot, uh, lot's been made. It's not lost on Hawkeye fans that it's, what, 110 miles between the two cities, uh, the play nationwide, the home of the Columbus Blue Jackets. What kind of uh, uh, what kind of turnout? Are Bearcats excited to make this, fans excited to make this trip uh, into Columbus? 100 and what, it's less than two hours away for sure. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think well, it's nice for the fans to be able to get to the game because in past years, if you go out to, you know, Spokane might be nice, but it's tough for, right. you know, Joe Bag of Donuts to get a ticket to <laughs> yeah. Spokane, you know, and, and put the family on whatever airline goes in there. I don't I don't even know. But, um, you know, some of these things are tough to get to. And then uh, Mick has always said, you know, he's always concerned about the players' families. You know, the NCAA makes a lot mm-hmm. of money off these kids and Players' families ought to be able to go to the game. He's right. Affordably. And if you can go up the road to Columbus, it certainly saves a lot of money. Now, maybe not as exotic as playing in, I don't know, Cincinnati played in San Diego years ago when I covered them. You know, sure, it's nice, but I mean, your goal is to win the game, not not be on vacation. So uh, I think in terms of fan support, it it works out well. I I would imagine Tennessee is going to bring a a decent group up. I don't know how, let's see, that might be five hours in change from Knoxville. Um, but, yeah, and and I can tell you from the way tickets were distributed that they went pretty quick. It's my understanding is that, that that first game, first session is sold out to Cincinnati, Iowa, Tennessee, Colgate. Be a good group out there, a big group of Cincinnati fans expecting that. Now, Hawkeye fans have been uh, wondering, myself included, 13 years ago, these two teams faced off in the NCAA tournament, and the memory outside of Jason Maxiel flexing all over the Hawkeyes that day was Nick Lachey in a tank top, and they showed him, I don't know, CBS probably cut to him. I, I would That's a bad look. 75 <laughs> yeah. times. So is Lachey going to be there? Hawkeye fans need to know. Do we have to look at Nick Lachey for 40 minutes uh, coming up on yeah, Friday he morning? Might. He might. He's kind of a front runner. You know, <laughs> you know, somebody like that, it's like you, you, you call the, the one day you want seats is for the big game. Uh-huh. You might. I would. I would hope he he's hung that tank top up by now. But uh, yeah, I was at that game. That was uh, I covered that game as well in, in the old RCA dome in Indianapolis, and uh, you know with Al- Alfred coaching the Hawkeyes yeah. and Huggins. Uh, uh, actually, the trivia there is the next game they played Kentucky, and that was the last game Bob Huggins ever coached for Cincinnati because he met his demise through the administration after that, hmm. and. Uh, so yeah, I, I remember that pretty well. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'd imagine I'd be shocked if there weren't at least Nicholas A or his brother or or somebody up there because uh, you know he's got everybody's phone number when when there's a big game there. So I don't know. But I, I, my thing is at a certain age you got to retire that tank top. Yeah. Mine was retired at about twenty one. Yeah, I'm with you. Last thing for you, and I don't know uh, how in tune you are. Uh, Scott, with 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 the Reds, but uh, uh, the Central Division, the National League moves the needle here. The Iowa's AAA team is in downtown Des Moines. We carry the Cardinals on this radio station. I think the Reds are going to be uh, um, a whole lot better this year. They're going to scare some people. Not saying they're going to be Brewers, Cardinals, Cubs good, but they seem to be on their way. I think they're going to be better. Uh, I think that the attitude is better. There's at least been some change, you know, and and. I lived in Tampa for five years, but I'm from here and, and I've grew up and covered sports here since like 1990. So I was around, you know, last time going to World Series. And it, it, uh, my own kids are jealous of me because I have seen World Series games and they have not. They've grown up basically watching mediocre baseball because the Reds, she was, I think, the last time they made the playoffs, they got sh- shut out by Roy Holiday uh, or no hit mm-hmm. <laughs> in the opening game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, if you can get competitive baseball into July and, and keep going, you're on to something. I think Puig really in, intrigues a lot of people and, and some of the other pickups. Uh, uh, hopefully the pitching is better. And 
you know, if Joey Votto has another, he's pretty consistent anyway, but if he can, you know, move his numbers up a little bit, and there's some a lot of good young players. So are, are they Cardinal worthy yet? I don't think so, but I, I think they're improved. And you never know. You get on a run, you get confidence, just like basketball. You know, once the ball goes in the hoop a few times, you start thinking, hey, I might be able to do this. Uh that, that your, your mental game changes, and that, that affects everything. Scott Springer, Cincinnati Inquirer, Cincinnati.com. Scott, thanks for giving us a few minutes. Appreciate it. Sure thing. Good, it. good to talk to you. Scott Springer chiming in. Cincinnati, Iowa, they will start day two of the tournament. 11-15 tip on Friday. We will come back. Alex Halstead's going to join us. Uh, Jason Simmel inside the numbers. We're here until noon. We'll do those two seats coming up, and you've got yeah. some props you want to get into? i got a few fun props I'm all fire at. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNL.